Black Hill Energy, heating homes across County Armagh. Fill up your tank for a rainy day with County Armagh's fastest growing fuel company. For latest prices, visit our website at www.blackhillenergy.net or call us today on 02838 344 Black Hill Energy, Ansborough Industrial Park, Lurgan. Welcome once again to the Eye on the Ball. This is your host Elaine Ingram. Paul Heaney and Kevin Fox um, set up Armagh TV in a very rudimentary style um, back in 2012 when the county board asked them to uh, do something for the county final. Uh, they joined forces with the county board after that and Lynn Woods came on board as sponsors and uh, the rest as they say is history when Armagh TV really took off especially with their very interesting and knowledgeable commentators. We spoke to Paul about Armagh TV and its inception and um, lots of other stuff too, including the commentators and the sponsors. Before that, I spoke to one of those very knowledgeable commentators, Paddy Savage. Um, the Cully Hannah man gave his thoughts on this Saturday's big Ulster semi-final against Donegal and Breffney Park and what it's been like working for uh, Armagh TV. So let's hear what Paddy had to say now. Hi Paddy, how are you? Hello, how are you? How's things, Helen? Um, I suppose I just wanted to ask you a bit about, I suppose, firstly the game next week, um, Donegal. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts on, you know, the the previous performance? I suppose, and what the I I know obviously Armagh are going to be you know heavy underdogs going into it, but uh, what do you think after their last performance? Well, I suppose the big thing I think is that it's uh um, is a massive step up, you know. What are, you know, from the teams that Armagh have played in Division Two, um, and they've been, you know, they've done, they, they did reasonably well. They had seven games in the league. Uh, they won, won four of them, through one, um, got promoted up to Division One, and you know they've shown so far this year they dealt with Derry uh, in the quarter final of the championship, not not massively impressively, but they did enough. But this is now uh, playing a team at the next level playing a team that has been a contender that has been in the Super 8's quarterfinals year after year that's going for three Ulster Championships and I suppose that's you know, there's an element of pressure off Armagh because if you'd ask any Armagh supporter um, or indeed I'm sure you know, players and management at the start of the year and the focus would have been you know, getting to Division 1 because that's what Armagh need to do um, to be competitive you know, year after year you have to be playing those best teams and now they've an opportunity. There's no pressure on them. They're definitely going in as as underdogs. Donegal were more impress, much more impressive than them uh, last weekend. But look, they have a chance. Um, and they were, you know, very competitive last year against Donegal in the in the league uh, away from home. And you know, I, I suppose really the the analysis around Armagh at, at the minute is all about that forward line. You know, and the fact that they have. A really, really stylish, really, really talented forward line, but that they've, um, you know, been, been, there have been some difficulties in, in defending, and there's a couple of occasions that um, uh, during the uh, league that they conceded three goals and put their place in, in next year's Division One at, at risk. 
Um, so it's uh, look, it's, it's a really, really interesting game, and I'm sure everybody's going to be really look, uh, looking forward to it, particularly in Armagh, because we, you know, we have been a wee bit of a start of success in the Ulster Championship. We haven't been to a final in in twelve years, and you know, it'd be great to be able to take that step past Donegal. Yeah, and I suppose you know they have sort of been improving game on game. You know, they got seventeen points against Derry, which was which is a good tally. Um, but they also conceded 15 so and they gave away a lot of frees which I thought um, they need to maybe look out for the, watch their discipline a bit and with Jamie Clark getting sent off or getting the black card as well um, needlessly I would I would have argued um, do, what do, do you think that they really need something they really need to watch because you can score all you want but I mean against Donegal you know they can't they, you know they can't be making mistakes like that yeah, look, discipline's been an issue for this Armagh team, um, and it's you know it's not just it's not just something that's that's happened in recent weeks. Um, you know, it was obvious in the Clare game with the amount of frees given away, obvious again against Derry. But you know, we have there you know over the last three four years, Armagh have tended to have lots of um, you know uh, black cards, uh, getting players sent off at um, at the at the wrong moments. Lots of you know, actually in the last couple of games for Scotland and Clare. Kieran McGinney's hand has been forced, and he's had to substitute players because they've they've been on yellow cards, and because he can't run that risk. Yeah. Um, that incident, yeah, you, you highlight. Um, you know, to be honest, Jamie was a bit lucky because that was um that that could have been a pivotal moment in that match. You think back to just the, the circumstances there. Armad and six points off at half time. Derry had started the second half the best, um, and then you come to you know fifty one minutes in. Games of the games in the melting pot, and suddenly Armagh get absolutely needless black card. And to be honest, they were very very lucky that they only went from being uh, three points up to two points up. You know because you you are running that risk when you're playing fourteen against fifteen of a team getting a goal and putting you into a, a lot of trouble. Um. So yeah, look. Um. Absolutely have to tidy up the discipline. Um. But they also. You know the need to keep compact, and you know there is a probably a balance there. You know, are Armagh committing lots of fouls because they're concerned about the, the conceding goals and they want to foul teams further out the field, and they're willing to take that, uh, to take that chance. But it's it's you know the big thing for Armagh is not getting caught open and not conceding, um, not conceding lots of goals because it 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 done them a couple of times during the league, um, and it's you know. Well, uh, the Roscommon game will be yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and three. Look, you're just not. You know, I hate. I know. I'm just sort of repeating it. But if you can see three goals in a game, you're yeah. very unlikely to win. And even thinking back, sort of two years ago, uh, when we were uh, beaten by Roscommon in Portlaoise, um, you know, again Roscommon that day they were just cutting Armagh open. Down scored three goals against Armagh in the Ulster Championship last year. So the the concession of goals and just being too being too open in defence has been a massive uh, problem for this Armagh team. And it's it's something that's gonna to have to be rectified because they they were much better in defence now. In fairness, against Derry, I I thought anyway. You know they were much tighter and they didn't concede any goals. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And they need to keep that forward. But again, you know they're conceding the fifteen points. Yeah. Um, you know against that you know against Derry and they have, you know they have conceded relatively high tallies uh, throughout Division Two. But look, that's you know that's not necessarily picking out the defenders. Because you know a lot of that is about the structure of the whole team uh, uh, and the fact that um, you know there's a lot of players who have um, 
you know, in the half forward line that will have jobs marking back. Um, and you know, and obviously Aidan Fogger um has been probably one of the success stories from our mass perspective this year, yeah. going from a really really stylish so versatile, yeah. Yeah, well, look at his. I mean, he's he's, he's he was brilliant in the county final uh, for Mahari, but he's also been really really good in a, in a man marking uh, role. So I mean, it's great to and have. And Stephen Campbell was fantastic in the uh, you know in in the league as well. Like he really was. But I mean, the last match, I don't think he he was he's quite as good as he has been. But when he gets when he makes some of those runs are just you know magical you know when he gets going yeah when he gets the momentum but that's the other big thing about Armagh they're not relying on one um, one or two players no they're not relying on the likes of Jamie and Rain or Stefan or, or, or whatever like they did scores last week um, similar against Clare they're actually seven by half time last week and you know it is very much Rain didn't score from Clare for example um, at all against Derry but other players stepped up See that's it, yeah. That's the that's the positive thing is if there if anybody is having a slightly off day. I mean, I thought Jamie was man of the match last week. I thought he was brilliant, um, but the week before he wasn't. So yeah, if some if if a player like that is maybe not either being stopped from playing or you know just not having the, their best day, then there are other players to step up. So that's that's one really good thing, and that's really only come about over the last few years, I think. Yeah, def- you know, definitely. Like they've got, they, they just have a lot of options there. Um, like I said, between Jamie, the two O'Neills, and St- Stephen Campbell and Rory Grugan, you know that that is a serious forward line. I see Andy Mernon was back on the was on was on the bench last week, and he so he'll be probably back in as well. That'd be another you know good player to have. Yeah, I mean Andy was brilliant. Um, you know, last he basically saved our man the Ulster Championship against Down. Um, uh, you know, la- last season, so look very, very effective player. You wouldn't imagine that he'd be starting against Donegal, but he could be a very, very he effective player to bring on. Could be a very effective on. sub, yeah, to, yeah. Bring, to bring on late on, especially if they're up against it late on. Yeah, you know, you definitely, you know, if the yeah, if they are a couple of points behind, you, you you'd imagine that's um, that McGinley would want the you know, he's the sort of Andy Morris sort of player you want to call on. Yeah, and do you do you give them much chance against Donegal now at all? I mean, um, I know like they're really going to have to tighten up and play the best of their. T- or oh, everybody's going to have to step up and play to the best of their ability. But do you think that there is any possibility? I know like, you being the underdogs is a good thing. Do you give them any any hope at all? Oh, definitely, Elaine. I mean, you always have a chance. You know, yeah. in sport and like, I mean, this is as I say, it's a step up for our map, but it's not a step. It's not two, three, four steps up. It's yeah. one step up. Yeah. Um. And they've, they've definitely got a chance. You know, they have the fours to hurt any team. Um. And look, if they can keep things tight at the back, if they can keep goals out, they certainly, they certainly, they certainly have a chance. Um. And you know, look, you know, with uh, you know, Monaghan gone and, and, and Trone gone, you know, it's been it's been Trone, Donegal, and, and Monaghan who've who've dominated the Ulster Championship. Two of those are gone. Armagh have a chance. Could they take out the third? And then suddenly. But it's a but it's a good test because you know they've achieved their goals for the season and now this is just bonus territory is probably the sort of terminology that the team would get you know, wouldn't really like because they would say they want to be contending but it's certainly uh well, there's a free shot or it's definitely a game with you know without the same pressure as for uh, for example the Roscommon and Clare games where it would have been seen as a bit of a disaster if they hadn't got up to Division 1 after the position they were in. Yeah. Um, but they've beaten Derry, they've done what was expected of them, and you know, they definitely go in uh, against you know, um, against Donegal with a serious chance. Yeah, and yeah, and it's a good um, chance of seeing what they have now when they're you know, in Division 1 next year, so you know what I mean? It's a good taster of 
what's to come because Kieran did say be careful what you wish for after one in one of his um, post match interviews there a few weeks ago and uh, I mean he was joking but uh, at the same time it's like okay they're going to be up there now they're going to be you know really tested next season and but this is where they want to be it's back up there in Division One. Oh yeah, that's what every yeah. county wants to be like, and even look, Armagh will want to stay up, and that's how like take Monaghan for example, like Monaghan under Malachy Rourke, brilliant example of what Division One can do for you. They played in Division One year after year after year, and they got their success in Ulster on the back of that, on the back of that improvement they were able to make. But even you know if you're not if you are sort of hopping between the divisions, take Roscommon. You know, the you know, there were seasons that they were maybe relegated from Division One and then went on to, to win the Connacht Championship. You know, so there is you know, no matter what, playing at that higher level is gonna bring you on. But, you know, look, obviously that you know, the league is next year's um that's next year's consi- consideration. Um but if the you know, a good performance, uh and, and maybe even hopefully a victory against Donny Gall and you know, that'll give them a lot of confidence, um, as well as look who who knows what this what this winter might bring. Yeah, do you think that the yeah, speaking of which, what not having the crowds there and it's it's all very strange, but I mean, do you think it's a good thing that everything went ahead the way it did and um, you know, even without the crowds there, it's good to see. I know you've I wanted to ask you about um Armat TV because um you've done some work for them. I mean, that's how how's that been in terms of, you know, getting the games out there for people to see? Oh, it's been brilliant. Um, but it's been you know, and like Arma, you know, Arma TV something um, like at the pay tribute to, to the likes of Paul Heaney and Kevin Fox because it's been going. This it was actually the tenth senior final that Arma TV did this um, this year. So they've been delivering that service to Gales, you know, in other parts of the country and across the world for years and years. Um, and you know, we you know, it's an honour to do it, and we you know, we we know the buzz that the people get. It was more even you know more um important this year because um there were restricted numbers, but you know even though there was only you know maybe four hundred in the athletic grounds um it was still you know the atmosphere there was still an atmosphere they still created you know I've I've said actually funny to Paul Heaney that in terms of commentating we used to do it in the press box um you know behind the glass uh, screen this year we were out in the open just to try to help with the um. You know, you know yeah, you're yeah. distancing and not having um people in confined areas. And I, you know, I said to Paul, I never want to go back into the press box. Much because, better view, don't you? you know, well, it's not even the view. It's just you get a sense that it's the atmosphere and the yeah. occasion. You get a sense of that. You know, there's people around you and they're getting excited. And that you know that gives us life. And and, and we as commentators we feed off that. So look, um, obviously then as we go into the intercounty, um. There's been nobody there, and it is just sort of media and um, media and management. And look, it's not ideal. Um, I know, you know, uh, funny when I when I spoke about it, uh, you know, when, when I would have been talking about it earlier in the summer, I was probably the view that look, games behind closed doors. If you're starting a competition behind, uh, that you don't expect you will have supporters there for, is it really worth it at all? Um, but I must admit, Lillian, I've changed my mind on that yeah. because look. These are tough. These are tough times. And okay, yeah, in the context of everything else that's going on in the world, um, you know, thirty fellas kicking a bit of leather up and down a field of grass isn't important. I understand that. But you see for those for those seventy minutes that that game will be on next Saturday, it will be important and it gives people a bit of distraction. And, you know, they're talking about they have someone to look forward to, you know, the weekends are being planned out, 
you know, based on what matches are on. And so, yeah, look, I think it was the right decision uh, for the GA to go ahead. Um, obviously, as long as the, the players were happy, the players, the vast majority were, they wanted to play. Um, they understood, you know, whatever risk there was there, were willing to take it. The risk is, you know, it is low at, um, you know, without door, without door activi- activities. But I think the other thing that it's worth saying is that, you know, they deserve a lot of praise, um, the players, because they are, you know, they're going, they're, they're going out cold nights, um, maybe having, you know, not being able to go in and sit down and have a meal, maybe whatever wee bit of food they get, they have to take it away and in their cars, and they're putting on a tremendous spectacle. Um, for everybody and they all deserve a, a huge amount of credit and, and that just just definitely shouldn't be forgotten yeah it's like it feels like it almost feels like a mechanic cup situation the way it is at the moment of the weather um, it's, it is it is kind of well the weather was nice today but you know it's been it's cold and it doesn't feel like it's it doesn't feel like it should feel but you know as you say like it's definitely better than nothing and it's you know people are buying into it oh yeah definitely like you know if you look there on social media or whatever like people people are really engaged and as I say it's a distraction yeah. you know um, and you know in terms of the players like you know there's going to be over the next uh, you know in the football alone over the next couple of months there's going to be four provincial winners and an All-Ireland champion crown and to those players you know if you say to them uh, in 10 years time you know, what did you, you know, what, what, what's your Biden memory of 2020 it'll be probably winning those those competitions and they'll mean as much to the players it'll not be the same the sense of occasion won't be there but they still mean something and what about I mean all the clubs that have been shut down now and you know all the club activity and even things like you know the minors and there was the um, Macquarie Cup there that was had to be shared between the schools there was no Macquarie Cup final do you think there's a little bit of you know maybe players thinking it was a bit unfair of just the elite sports going ahead or do you think the whole thing that happened when the club matches were on um, put paid to that or do you think it could come back without spectators at club level I think I don't I don't think it'll maybe come back without spectators because you know the club there won't be many club games anyway until next spring yeah. um Hopefully, it'll be a bit of a better position um, in terms of the virus. Um, like if you go to the you know, club league games, uh, we're not talking huge amounts of people at them. Um, it's generally an outdoor activity. Um, but when it comes to finals and things like that, I mean, we know what happened. You know. Yeah, the the finals are an issue. Yeah. But again, that's not, but that's not. That's not. That's not. Not not going to be an issue in the immediate future. Anyway, no, so, it's yeah. it's not. You know, and say you know if people congregate after communion or a christening. Um, you know, is that the priest's fault for having the, you know, so is the GA's fault of what people do after matches? I think one, just one very practical thing, because look, it, it, it is certainly an issue and it's certainly, no doubt it's something that had uh, had influence in the decision. In terms of just one practical thing, Elaine, that I think they could do is that next year, you know, if there are finals, play them six o'clock on a Sunday. Okay. You know, just something, it won't produce every risk. Um, you know, am I? You know, are you going to guarantee that if it's on a Sunday evening, that people won't do? Um, you know, pe- pe- people might socialise, or there won't be that temptation. There will, but it, it it's going to mitigate that risk. Because they're going because they're getting for work on Monday. Yeah. yeah. Well, and even you know, and the amounts of people that'll be able to you know, that and will people be inclined will have to gather. Kids yeah. As well. Yeah. Getting their kids up for school in the morning and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah it's not it's not a weekend as such. Yeah, it's not. Look, that's not a panacea. You know, and I know there probably be people listening to this and say, oh, well, look, if there's, 
you know, if there's any you know, if there's any risk of people gathering, why would you play them at all? But I just think that is something practically yeah. that could potentially be done. But look, that's you know, in terms of championship finals, we're nearly that's nearly a year a year into the future. So it's I don't think it's something that you know we need to be overly concerned with at the minute. Um, but I I you know I, I think that if we get the sort of the spring and there's a wee bit opening up, the idea of you know a few you know a couple of hundred people at uh, league match you know in clubs out uh, outdoors, I think that's uh you know that that's in the round where society is gonna have to try to find a balance. Um, and what about you you now in terms of you know what you've been what what are you at in terms of the stuff that you're doing for Arma TV and for writing and for the club and stuff like that? Um, yeah, well, it's quiet. Um, you know, and and you do you miss the foot you you really do miss the football. Um. You know, we were I'd be involved with our senior team here, and you know the plug was pulled on the on the league. We had, in theory, we had four games left, um, to be played. You know, so we're I suppose we're waiting on word. You know, what when are they going to be played? Uh, because we're in Division One B here in the club. You know, we were we were actually top of the table when the thing was pulled. Um, you know there was one game and then a split. You know how how is that all going to work? It's not ideal at all. Um, but. You know, so, so, so we're waiting on we're waiting on words to how the how the leagues are going to be um restarted. Uh, you know, I can't imagine that we're going to be able to play sort of half of last year's league season and a full league season next year. We don't know what way the structure is going to be, uh, in terms of the inter county season. Um, I'm at TV. Look, that'll you know that'll go from from strength to strength. We hope. Um, and you know, it's it's been great to see that it's it's been catching on in other parts of the. Um, you know, in other parts of the country as well, and I think, you know, people have really realised it. It's through this terrible situation of the pandemic that people have realised that the interest there is in those games and the um, you know the the opportunity there is to bring uh, you know to, to bring them into people's homes and uh, and particularly thinking about our, uh, you know, the, the immigrant population. Yeah, and the, the diaspora that are in you know America and Australia and places like that. You know, can yeah. they? accessing stuff like that I mean it's a big deal it's, it's good that you can have you know more local stuff yeah no definitely like and that's to say we really you know we're always really aware of that uh, on RMA TV you know um, and we're, we're lucky we've had you know the support that, that, that we've had actually from Linwoods as well And but you know look um, you, you, we probably hope to, to continue bringing as many games as we can but it's it's very much a volunteer um, initiative you know and as I say the the likes of of Kevin Fox and Paul Heaney who've led it, they deserve, you know, unbelievable credit because there's a huge amount of work. I mean, I, I always joke with them, you know, I, I'm a commentator, I turn up uh, I turn up turn up twenty minutes before the match and start talking. Whereas the you know, the effort that goes in to get all the um If you can get a ready. word in edgeways and Damien's talking. Ah, <laughs> uh, Damien's some character now. Um yeah, no, he's a he's a bit of a he's a bit of a le- he's a bit of a legend, Damien. Um well, He's good with the one liners. <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely. I was, um, I remember I was, uh, I was in London, uh, listening to a game uh, earlier on in the league and back in back in February, and he was, uh, Armagh were making a comeback against Westmead, and Damien was quoting uh, Joe Dolan. He was like, "Oh me, oh my, what a, oh me, oh my, you make me smile. What a wonderful football match." Um, <laughs> so I, I laughed at that one, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's you know some great characters and and everybody gets on really well, and there's a. I say it's a small, really committed group, um, and you know I'm, you know I know I'm delighted to be, uh, to be involved involved with us.
Yeah, there's a real banter. That you, there is a real banter that goes on there that you can tell that, you know, there's a bit of crack, like. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, you know, and, um, yeah. Which I suppose people listening away from home or watching will, um, it, it kind of make them feel more at home when they hear the crack that's going on about, you know, things that are local and stuff like that, you know. That's it, you know, and it's not, like, the thing is, you have to always keep this in perspective and you're like, you know, it's a game of football. Mm. Um, you know, and, and it's all very, and look, don't get me wrong, I'm involved with senior team myself, I know the effort that goes in and, you know, how much it means to people. But, you know, when I'm commentating on the game, you know, it's like, it's not a, you know, it's not an election or a world war that's about to be decided. Or don't mention the election. Yeah, <laughs> no, but, it's, but you know what I mean, like it's, you know, it's there to, the people who've tuned in they're just looking to enjoy and watch a game of football and we're trying to bring them a bit of the atmosphere um, and you know for something that's local you know we sometimes mention some of the characters that you know, that are there that people might recognise if they've been been around so yeah look it's, as I say it's something that we do because we enjoy um, and you know I get I, I get an awful lot of it I get an awful lot of enjoyment out of it Um something I like you know it's something that I really like doing uh, and everybody you know everybody else is the same I was just thinking there of um, one of the, the the Covid rules the water break or the momentum break as they call it what are your thoughts on that yeah people do get excited about it and to be honest teams do use it as a as a, as a team talk but you know you'll just get used to it Although they could take, they take, sometimes they take their time. There's a bit of dilly dallying going on. Well, that, sorry, that, well, that is actually a really, you know, that, that's the one thing I will say, and this is a general gripe that I have, um, is around timekeeping. And, you know, those, there's, those water breaks are supposed to be a minute. They are never a minute. You know? What about, um, now, I was at the, um, the ladies' match um, in Cavan, and um, the, the, the ladies, they, they use a stop clock. You know, the, the black card. Uh, Sinbin was brought in. The ladies' game have been using that for years, um, but they use a stop clock and like in rugby as well. Would that not be a good idea? Far, far better. Uh, I mean, it's I so know, obvious. It's something that that's ever been considered properly, because uh, it doesn't seem to have been. Because uh, it's ridiculous. You know, they'll put on four minutes or five minutes or whatever the referee deems, and then, you know, and as you say, like the water break, if it's supposed to be a minute, if it was a stop clock, would it not put an end to all this? Yeah, the other one is um, the black yard. Yeah. So if you have a team that's down for 10 minutes, it's in their interest to you know make sure there's as little football as possible played in that 10 minutes. So you know, why, and that's not what Ivy wants to see, so why give teams that incentive? It, to me, it's just a complete no-brainer. Um, the only thing I, I would say is that I think maybe when you get to an end of a game, that you would just let that, 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 that play continue until the ball goes dead you know okay. like we do in rugby because like yeah. that'll get very very exciting then yeah. you know if you rather do, than just when the time is up it's up yeah, yeah because yeah. then you know what happens if it's uh, um, you know what happens if it, you know if, if the time's up like literally somebody's about to kick the equaliser or the winner but you know if you just had it right but once the hooter goes that's the you know that this is the final play of the game the next time it goes dead the game's over um, I, I, it just makes so much sense yeah okay well listen thanks really for talking to me Paddy and, um, well, hopefully we'll do the business Definitely. on Saturday. Yeah, uh, <laughs> looking forward to an Ulster final, and uh, that would be something, wouldn't it? Yeah, who knows? We can maybe keep it going to Christmas. You never who know. Knows, yeah, That'd be a great That's Christmas it. present. Would, but, it? Yeah, was maybe, but uh, I don't know how generous Santa is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks. After I had the chat with Paddy, I spoke to Paul Heaney, as I mentioned earlier. Um, he's had a really tough week uh, with an infected foot. 
Um, his wife, who works in Craig Avon Hospital, is also recovering from COVID. After commiserating with him about all of that, we had a great chat. And here's what Paul had to say. I wanted to ask you about um, Arma TV. Sure. And, sure. you know, the whole inception of it. And, you know, there's one thing that's um, a pandemic. You know, there's some businesses that that do well out of it. Now, I know everything is voluntary and all the rest. But, I mean, you must be getting quite an audience right now in these times with no, um, you know, with no spectators to, yeah. and stuff like that. You covered an yeah. awful lot of matches, didn't you? Um, personally, uh, over, the, over that time, uh, I did 41 games in total, 36 actually for, for Armagh County Board, and then I did four for the Camogie and one for the ladies football as well. So that was 41 we live streamed on top of all the other stuff I recorded. Were they all championship so, games mostly? That was all the championship games that, that we live streamed, yeah. God, that was, that's, inc- I mean, that's an awful lot of work. It's a huge undertaking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when when you when you consider Elaine that those days, I mean, for example, I I'd have over, I'd have been in Abbey Park at sort of nine thirty on, on on Saturday morning, and set up there for a live stream for the game at say one o'clock. And as soon as that was finished up, we got the hell out of there, packed it all up, threw it into the van, and headed over to the athletic ground, set up, and done another one. Oh my God, you know. So there were long days involved, but hey, look, as as you already acknowledge, I mean, it, it's a volunteer-driven thing. Um, yes, it's my business, it's what I do, but I do that on behalf of the county. Have done from day one, from from Kevin himself sort of took this on. Um, when did you start it? Um, well, okay, the, the the way it started, I'll, I'll give it to you that way rather than, than when it started. The way it started was we were approached in 2010 and asked, was this something that we could do? And you sort of, you do an off-the-cuff remark like, live streaming? Yeah, piece of piss, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> the sort of thing. Nobody will ever mention it to you again. Now, I was already doing little bits and pieces of what was then called live streaming compared to today. It was... Basically, you, you were playing at, at, at trying to do, to do it. Uh, that year, uh, the county senior final, um, a few days before it, in 2000, sorry, 2011, then the county board sort of said, remember we mentioned this, this live streaming thing to you? And at that stage, I had just taken over doing all the county work because Oliver Toll, who was recording all the county stuff, before had just passed away, and I had, I had taken on that role. And as I said, in the county board, in, in the form of Brian Smith, and Paul Dugan sort of said, what's the possibility of us being able to, to, to live stream the, the senior final? And we sort of went, like, this was Saturday afternoon, the final was, was the following day, the Sunday. And I was like, yeah, we, <laughs> could, uh, we could do that. Um, there's, there's a long story to it, so to give you the, the breadside version of it, basically the like of Paul Dugan's brother nipped off to Curry's PC World to pick up a cable for us. We went to Argos in, in Armagh to pick up another few bits and pieces. Long story short, we got enough bits together to, to connect a camera. Sounds like Father Ted. Computer. <laughs> perfect, absolutely perfect description. And we, we literally got, we, we, we pulled enough bits and pieces together to, 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 to connect a camera, no commentary or nothing like that, to connect a camera to um, a, a, a computer. And quite literally, not entirely, but quite literally held held this little camera out through the window of the media room and the athletic grounds and live streamed the <laughs> senior <laughs> final by asking people outside, not the stand. So it wasn't exactly Sky Sports then. 
<laughs> yes, that, that would be a, that would be a lovely polite way of putting it. And it actually was was a, a phenomenal success because everybody was talking about it. Now, like it was like it was like something you would do at your kids' school play, where parents in front of you were standing up and there was heads in the way and all sorts <laughs> of things. But the concept worked. The concept worked, and, and that's all we did was prove that it was possible to do something like this, even as I would describe it, probably Buckeeds at the time, like, we're able to do what broadcasters were spending millions of pounds on, obviously in a very amateurish way. So anyway, uh, after that, Liam, um, we actually sat down uh, with the county board and we sort of said, like, this is something sort of we, we could do long term. We put a proposal together um, to the county board. Kevin himself went back to a full county meeting then, and I think it was just about Christmas time and we sat down with the full county board and we sort of said like you know, we take this forward I already have cameras and all that sort of thing so there'd be no setup cost as such to the county board they did offer to be fair to buy us a, a really good quality um, video switching um, piece of equipment which was a superb start for us we worked off computers and things that we had at the time we got the thing up and running and then a few weeks later, it was just into the start of, of the year 20, 2012, um, the first game that we actually put out lull stream, we rented um, uh, another camera because I only had the, the one camera that would stream at that stage, so we rented another camera, and we done a live stream of the Dr. McKenna Cup Arma v. Calvin. Right. It was... And we sent word to the Calvin County Board and said, look, this is going to be available online. It's really, really cool, wet, damp, and frosty. As it usually is, you're in the Mechanic Cup. As it usually is, we got the Mechanic Cup. <laughs> and we just sort of said, well, look, we'll let them know. We sent them down the link, and we put this thing up onto the website. Um, and the numbers were 60-something odd thousand. It actually crashed our system completely. Wow. Completely Where do all these people come our... from in Armagh? <laughs> see, this, 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 you see, you've got to remember that. And Calvin. Doing that and yeah, it was Armand and Calvin, but nobody else was doing anything like this. Yeah, and it was just, I mean, we just put the word out, we just said, Look, that can be kind of cup match. So, people all around the world, I mean, as I'm sure you're well aware, I mean, you put something up now on Facebook, and literally tens of thousands of people see it within within seconds. Like, so even then, like, the power of Facebook was, was phenomenal. And, uh, and as, as they say, sort of from there on. It just started to, to grow, it, it, it built momentum. In those days, we were doing it sort of free of charge, just to try and see was it was it worthwhile doing. And then, um, I think it was about a year or so later, we decided that we would go down the route of PPV, which is pay-per-view. And uh, it, it just it literally has snowballed to the point where a county final this year was the 10th time we, we have actually done the county final. And we've done it with... Four cameras, seven audio um, uh, facilities for, uh, we had three analysts and, and then we had two um, presenters in Damien and Barra up in the stand. Um, as I said, we fed with four cameras. We had a wireless camera, out, which is our own camera. Stephen was out doing up down pit side and up behind the goals and all sorts of things. So, so you've it, definitely it, come it, on and leaps and bounds. Oh. As I say, you know, we have we have a, a, a proper what you would call a, a full scale production. In actual fact, um, a very good friend of ours, 
um, Thomas Niblack from the BBC, a good friend of ours, who's a colleague of mine actually, and Thomas Niblack, we were just stand chatting to was Claire, the PRO. Yeah. Uh, someone mentioned, geez, we, we didn't realise that anybody else was going to be here today. We just thought it was going to be ourselves, BBC and UTV. We didn't realise that any of the other broadcasters stuff. Were, I, I was Claire because Claire said, no, 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 that's that's the IMAT TV guys. He says, right, but the wireless camera and, and that old down pit side. Claire says, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the IMAT TV guys. Cool. And Thomas turned around and his exact words were, BBC wouldn't do that. <laughs> Yeah. I know. I have to say, Thomas is probably one of our biggest supporters. I mean, he he tweets about everything we do, and he's 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 fabulous, you know, promoting what we do, you know. And you get a lot of feedback from abroad. You know, you were talking about the um, diaspora and stuff like that. Massive, yeah. absolutely colossal. Um, now, there there is a story, and it is genuine. I just don't know the exact wording of it as to how the Linwoods sponsorship came about, and and that was literally because of from being abroad. Now, um, I can't be 100% um, that I'm, I'm right in telling you the details of this, but the actual, this, this story is correct. John Woods, um, Lynn Woods was, um, I think it was in Canada at some kind of trade convention or trade show or something along those lines. Uh, uh, he was... He was at his daughter's, I think it was. Or they, they were able to watch um, Madden play uh, in the intermediate, sorry, it would have been the junior or intermediate final. I can't remember um, which it was they were in that year. And his son, Harry, was the captain of the team that year and they won it. Yeah. And, I mean, he thought this was amazing that he was able to be able to watch, you know, his own club with his own son playing captain and winning a championship final in the athletic grounds in Armagh when he was at a, a trade show in Canada. Now, I'm not sure whether it was then or when he was at another show, but he was introduced as John was from, from Linwoods. And somebody said, oh, is that Linwoods? Sorry, it was the following year. That's what it was because he, he took on the... Sorry, I'll, I'll backtrack here. When he came home, he decided then that Linwoods was going to sponsor this right. because it had a truly global appeal. So the following year... And again, I'm not 100% sure where it was. Let's, he was in, uh, he was off somewhere international anyway at a trade show. And somebody said, John Woods, Lynn Woods, and somebody said, is that like Lynn Woods TV? Wow. That does the, the games. And John, he said, he, you know, he, he was a bit like sort of a, um, one of those peacocks, you know, the feathers went up and he sort of stood with the chest out and he couldn't believe that, you know, he was at an international trade fair for food and somebody knew this brand that Linwood was associated so with. So you definitely weren't losing and, your sponsorship there. <laughs> oh no, I mean he would be very, very keen to make sure that, that he's our main sponsor, you know, because yeah. of that because he he's, yeah. John would be a very, very fervent um, supporter of what we do, you know. Yeah. And very vocal, you know, I mean he's very, very vocal in promoting what we do and very, very proud to be associated with us, you know. And you've great commentators too, you know, that really that people relate to. And, yeah, um, this is the thing because I think we have somebody that suits almost everybody's taste there, you know, because obviously those Patty you were speaking to earlier on, Barra yeah. and, and Damien are, are they, they are our three main guys. This year now we've, we've brought in quite a few more um, co-commentators and things, you know, and they've all sort of slotted in. But the guys, I don't know what it is about them, but they all click. You know well, what I mean? Yeah, and and that and that that definitely makes a huge difference when 
when there's a connection and you know people can see I mean, that you've seen them working there together you've oh the them. band the crack we have on there there i love when i see them there <laughs> the press room is always it's, great it's, crack <laughs> it's crazy you know it, it really is and especially i mean damien is just oh damien don't talk to me about damien i got damien i remember one time um i was it was during i can't remember what the match was but it was during wimbledon and it was at half time damien there was some big match on and damien turned around um, and said what the score was in the Wimbledon in the game that I was recording at home because I was going to watch it later so I said this is at half time so I said to Damien I said Damien what did you do that for you told us the score and then when he went back live on air he started telling everybody and he met, said my name and said I'm just after telling Elaine here what the score was in Wimbledon well we are a sports show so <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for it <laughs> Yeah, you kind of dread sitting beside well, Damien. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> do you know what? I've, I mean, I've travelled to football with him. And, I mean, like, you can just be sitting there, completely quiet, and he'll come out with a one-liner, and all of a sudden, everybody's wetting themselves. Like, you know, he's, yeah. just, he's, he's just a natural entertainer. And, I mean, he's, he's he's such a good friend to me, like, personally, anyway. um, During the whole COVID thing, Damien stayed in touch with me. and I, I actually went through a very hard time because, I mean, all my work just collapsed and the world fell down around me. But he was a phenomenal support to me. You know yeah. what I mean? He's just, he's just such a good guy. Yeah. He really is. But in terms of commentary, I describe him, and openly in front of him, I describe him as Marmite. You'll either love him or hate him. <laughs> yeah. You know, you'll never find somebody who'll go, eh, well, he's all right. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. There, there are people who absolutely adore him, and he knows this. I mean, it's, it's, it's not a secret. And there's other people who go, oh, Anybody but him. Do you know what I mean? But it's, but it's good then that you've got the variety there. You've got the other guys as well. So yeah, it's like absolutely. And I mean, Barra, I would say Barra would be described as the. We would describe him as the professional. He's the guy that's full of all the facts and, and information, and he, and yeah. he drives all the information out there. Paddy would be the guy who is unbelievable with the statistics and I mean he is just so precise and he's on the money and I mean he tries really really hard and then Damien is the guy who everybody loves because he's a comedian and he, and he, he sort of you could almost close your eyes not have the game on in front of you and be able to follow the game yeah yeah and he just has this lovely natural ability and to be fair Paddy Savage does exactly the same thing but in a completely different style. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So it's the, the, they know. bounce off each other then. Do you think Arma have any chance against Donegal? I was asking Paddy oh, this as well. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I'll, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. Okay, and this is, this is genuine from the heart. It's 15 against 15. On their day, if you take a look at, at the six forwards that Arma has potentially, it's potential, potentially enough to trouble any team on the island if they play that's pretty much play. what Paddy Savage said as well he was he said the same oh, really? thing yeah yeah, yeah. If, if, if they get quality ball into the guys you know what if you had to like with Andy Mernon if he was back again playing on, that's know, what I said about Andy Mernon yeah and he was on the bench the other day so there's a good chance they'll yeah. bring him on for, at some point anyway and I don't think he was needed against Derry, so I think that's yeah. why he was left instead of out to rest up a little bit more, you know. Because he, he played in a, in a challenge game um, uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, obviously he didn't play very long, but my 
God, what that fella can do with the ball is just, it's sick. <laughs> it's, it's, it's insane. You know? I know, yeah. And, he is know, a joy is, to watch, yeah. As I say, if you had the like of that, and you had young Turbot, and, and, and you have, well, Suvi just has, has come into his own this year. I think he's just, he's, he's, he's looking better than he ever has done. Add the, add the two Neils in, in, into the frame there. Jamie had a great game last week. Oh, unreal. Yeah. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Jamie is, is just when he when he when he clicks, he's just such a joy to watch as yeah. well. So as I say, potentially the full forward line that we have would crucify any backs in the country, you know. But that's if if they can click and if they can get it together, um, and if they were all playing. And I genuinely believe that they could could win by four or five points or more. Um, will they? I'll tell you better in the week and in the up to it when I want to see who's available. Okay. All right. Well, listen, that's brilliant. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> so we have, sure. we have, we have Armagh winning next week. Perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, listen, I would be crucified if I said I'm making a difference. <laughs> even, if did, even if I didn't leave it, it's going to be different. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, thanks a million for talking to me, Paul. Not at all. Absolute pleasure. <laughs> There's two things I enjoy talking and talking about our man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much. All right. See you later. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Eye on the Ball. If so, subscribe to our podcast and to Arma Eye. If you've any suggestions about what you'd like to hear or any comments at all, feel free to send us a message or leave a comment. And I hope you'll join me next time for The Eye on the Ball. Black Hill Energy, heating homes across County Armagh. Fill up your tank for a rainy day with County Armagh's fastest growing fuel company. For latest prices, visit our website at www.blackhillenergy.net or call us today on 02838 344 223. Black Hill Energy, Ansborough Industrial Park, Lurgan.